0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today are my friends and yours, Fisherman Don and
1: Professor Collins. What's up guys? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, finishing up short.
2: The weather's really terrible. I'm sick of the rain.
1: Oh, we have British man here. Uh, wait, Galer- like, we have galarian uh galarian collins
0: <laughs> we have like three seconds on the episode and you pumped into a stereotype like that is that is I terrifying mean, huh?
2: no uh uh my uh my neighbor first year of college was a uh, from from uh england
0: because your friend was british you can make a british accent
2: no i cannot i cannot and i i, I, I admit that but complaining about the weather was something i heard <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I watched all three Austin Powers in the last four days. So i have all studied That's, up on my British.
0: Yeah, Collins, I agree with you. That might be the worst. So for those of you oh, who behave, haven't caught on. Baby. For those no. of you who haven't caught on we are doing our gallery episodes, but this is going to be three parts. We're going to be talking about maybe history. Even we're going four to talk
2: parts, about
0: maybe even four parts, but <laughs> this episode is going to be focused on history. while others could be focused on more biology, mythology, maybe culture. Who knows? But for now, we're doing history. Cue the music. All right. So for our science news, we actually have two bits of news. Uh, mine is We have a
2: lot folks. It's going to be a long one.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a longer one. Sit back, relax in your car, enjoy the
1: traffic. Mine is happy oh, news. I want
2: A nice drink.
0: Sit in it the bathroom.
1: Yes. A good water because hydration is important.
0: <laughs> mine is good news because it's the holiday season and I'm feeling happy. Uh, Humpback whales populations have skyrocketed in the last few decades. They've gone from this is the South Atlantic population, their numbers jumped from 450 individuals to over 25,000. That
2: So that's a that's like a three-time no, five-time population boom.
0: Like it's crazy that they did this. Like this is one of the most amazing things to me because like it's a lot of times we have all this time about all these animals that are dying and that's that's true they are but a lot of times we think well what are we going to do about it with people but this is what we can do about it we can create laws and regulations that help these animals we can push and these animals were saved because you of you don't tell me you know.
2: that laws and regulations work
0: i will because while some of them can be annoying a lot of them are there to help i'm not going to go here and say that all regulations are good or bad but i'm saying that with the right use of them you can literally save lives. So what and was your buffalo. science news? And Buffalo. What was your science news? Oh,
2: so uh, very related to our new game, Coral. Yay! There's been a lot, lot of new things coming out in Coral. And honestly, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, sci did a – there's like a 50-minute episode all about Coral. They've been doing um, – all year, they've been doing this like once a month an episode about climate change, and this month was all about Coral. And then there was a follow-up study the following week uh so a couple cool things because i know we're going to end up talking about it in a few weeks but like i found out that there are actual scientists who are 3d printing coral just to rebuild reef habitats not necessarily the coral itself but the animals that live on the reef
0: oh i saw that i saw that research that was wild there was even people that was really cool People were actually playing sounds that corals make underwater. Yes, that was
2: my next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new one. It came out of Australia, where they uh, just, just like a, a week and a half ago, where they were studying how sounds attracted fish back to reefs, reefs that had been damaged, and they found I think it was like it was 50 percent more fish and variation in species for reefs where they played the sounds you normally find on a coral reef
0: it's amazing stuff again all these breakthroughs are coming through because people actually care it's so and you know
2: and i know there's this whole anti-gmo populace out there but i was listening to these researchers in hawaii who are studying um several species of corals that that are more tolerant of heat change Mm -hmm. and essentially looking to breed those genes into other coral
0: yeah that's that's awesome we've seen that in smaller scale but i've never heard of someone actually doing it like actually focusing on that that's that's awesome i'm happy this is happy news this is a happy news section
2: yeah i mean there's there's
0: normally we talk about things dying let's be honest normally our news sections are sad
2: (laughs) well i mean it is a kind of a, a rough era to be in right now
0: Um, right don don save us from this happiness is there anything
1: (laughs) controversial or upsetting going on in pokemon (laughs) Uh, okay well i mean you ask (laughs) depends on who you ask so um we have our official rule set for vgc for 2020 so i'm very excited is it single Um, is it singles no No. oh then i'm out then i'm done i'm done we knew that no, you're coming to events with me. You live too close. Ugh. I'm gonna. And doubles are fun, man. You.
2: Doubles are so much fun.
1: I keep getting slapped around by Whimsicots and Arcanines. Make it stop. Well, I'll help you with that. Make it stop. Yeah. Anyway, so first, first we're probably gonna get more later, but as yes. of right now, it's national decks, obviously, or well, not sorry, Galar decks. The opposite. Don't sorry I'm triggering everyone by saying the words national decks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's still 400 Pokemon. Calm down. Anyway. Um, but,
2: Don, you do not understand my rage because I do not have my Greenja.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, but I still have Torkoal, so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we have it's the Galar Dex. Um, other than that, standard VGC rules, and they're slowly adding Gigantamax Pokemon. We which originally is thought so they cool. would be banned. Yeah, the first, first wave, there's quite a few coming in first.
2: Well, um, only one or two of them are like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, well, we'll uh, yeah. Some of them, I'm not sure what G Max Sandaconda even does, but I do like it. Um,
2: but what, is, like, like really? Oh, I know that G-MAX G-MAX does a sand EV. tomb
1: effect. It has the sand tomb effect on whatever you hit. Oh, that's kind of neat. Okay. Um, the big ones are G Max Norlax being legal because it's G Max Eevee. <laughs> no, G Max Butterfree is the real hotness.
2: Yes, it is. I got four yeah. of them yesterday. <laughs>
1: Oh, give me one. Anyway, um, so yeah, we got G Max Mons. We got got the rule set. I'm really looking forward to the season.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's cool that it, like they're given the hint that things will change a couple times throughout the season.
1: Yeah, it's, I think they they I think last season last year was like a test of that with like Sun Moon Ultra series. Yes. So I think we're gonna see some more of that I again. I think so too. I think G-Max that may be
2: the, the the new move they go.
0: Look, I'm the kind guy. I'm the guy on the single seed, so all of this is like, eh, but I got to say, y'all said in the last episode I was editing, but I'm really loving this game, guys. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, it's a nice game. The fact that they gave Gyarados power whip just makes me feel so much, so much joy slapping around Rotoms, It makes me so happy. Lucas, come
1: to play events with me
2: yeah just go okay, to one teams. man it's fun
1: okay okay I will you can use Garrett Oaks. Okay. he's still good will... yeah he is <laughs> I will consider it
0: I will consider it
2: you can use Flapple
0: mm, Flapple that is a thing you could do it
2: is a thing you can do <laughs> <laughs>
0: <dig>. alright <laughs> so with all the rules on the way we got a lot of history to get through it's literally like hundreds of thousands it's like tens of thousands of years we have to go through so might as well get started now <laughs> All right. So, before we get into the entire history of the of Britain of England, quick side note, we ain't going to do all of it. If you want to do all of it, I've been refreshing myself on it with something called the British History Podcast. The guy's been around for years has literally over 300 episodes, and I've I've listened hours in his car and I've only just now gotten to the Dark Ages. That man put a lot of work into it. And if you want to know more about how these people lived, not just like the ancient warriors he's the guy to do it uh, but for now one of the biggest mistakes people make about britannia the the island is that the romans showed up and then there was culture which is awful like no that's not how this works people were living on britannia for several the romans thousand didn't years.
2: give anyone culture let's be honest
1: and they uh, let me explain they uh, gave let them me- discipline
2: yeah if you you call saturnalia discipline
0: it's not wrong okay it's a disciplined party there were (laughs) there were people there with their own culture and language but one mistake people make is assuming that the celts started there and they weren't the celts were all over europe and started off from france but then a couple of them made it over at the time and then infused their culture by 300 bce you would not be You would be excused for thinking that the Celts had been there all along. They've pretty much ingrained their culture right into the heads of the locals. Uh, In fact, so much so that the the Greek explorer Pythias, when he discovered the island, the name Britannia comes from a rough translation of the phrase island of the painted people. So the Celtic paintings and the blue tattoos were actually there at that time.
1: If I may chime in real quick. Sorry, Lucas. um... Yeah, go ahead. Just about the Celts and I the know, Romans. I love this. <laughs> there's a really interesting. Um, I would highly recommend. There's a podcast series called "The Celtic Holocaust" by uh, Dan Carlin um, on Hardcore History. That's like a super, like I mean, like probably a ten-hour series of a few episodes on uh, like the Celt and Roman conflicts. And um, I would highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, the Romans when they took when they came to the island when Julius Caesar came, at first the Romans didn't want to go near it. They thought that that island was surrounded by a bit of ocean that was just terrifying no one wants to go in there eventually they did make it and they sadly had to run away the first time then they came back with a bigger army and pretty much took over the place at one point they brought literal war elephants and they eventually brought britannia to be part of the roman population or as they like to call it the uh, pax romana the roman peace you can't see the quotation <laughs> marks i'm using but roman peace Dude, yeah Rome they pretty much conquered
1: the world in self-defense
0: <laughs> <laughs> they know they put their boot heels down on pretty much anyone who's standing their way but one of the things they did was they incorporated their own styles and technology into the area now there were plenty of rebellions For some reason, the local population decided not to use guerrilla warfare many times and decided to go ahead and try open field combat, which we'll be going into later on why this was a horrible, horrible idea. Watch the first 20 minutes of Gladiator for ideas. Yes. Now, in 400 CE Common Era, the Roman Empire abandoned the island through a number of different reasons. Again, 400 years of history, I'm not going over. And then it collapsed afterwards later. But now the people were Romanized. They weren't the same – Awesome Celtic warriors—they used to be. They were now weaker, a little doughier, and they were not as prepared for to fend off the Saxons and the Anglican raiders. Um, some legends state that during the Dark Ages, the Saxons came to the island and tried to raid it, and so british locals tried hiring the saxons and then something went wrong then the saxons went on a blood-curdling rampage and killed almost everybody the reason it's called the dark ages isn't because it was devoid of culture just because the romans collapsed it's because the writings were gone the um the technology went away there's just not a lot of good resources for why and how these people live we have some we know how these people lived but eventually the anglo-saxons Became part of the culture. They just decided to live there, and so that's where we start getting Old English. That's where we start getting the Britain that we are slightly going to recognize. Uh, eventually, you start getting kingdoms, kingdoms like Northumbria and Wessex crop up, and some of these names might seem familiar. But in seven ninety three, in uh, seven ninety three, the Romans came. No, not the Romans. The Vikings showed up. And just started taking the entire countryside for a ride. They've realized I mean, that
2: – that's because oh, they're amazing.
0: Yeah, the Vikings pretty much – they showed up to a population that had no idea what to do against them. And they just decided to rage war on them and pretty much everyone around them for hundreds of years until eventually – And the British
2: women loved all the Vikings. Uh, it's because they
1: came from the land of the ice and snow. Oh, God. <laughs> or they were clean. in the midnight sun. <laughs> <laughs> and the
0: hot springs <laughs> what's it's so it's such an interesting part of history that the vikings showed up and One of the things that would happen was that the Vikings would leave a town alone so long as you paid them, uh, the Danegeld age. But eventually, uh, the Danish king, Connet, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, he decided to rule over the entire island in 1016, and he held on to it for about eh, 50 years, and then William the Conqueror from Normandy took over, and now he became the king, and that's where you start getting those lines of succession up. again this is just jumping through hundreds of thousands of years of history and
2: well then there's lots of anger at france throughout the whole time oh yeah
0: no the idea of someone from france taking britain or someone from britain taking parts of france is going to go back and forth for a long time they have a war about that called the hundred years war it's one of the many conflicts and the hundred years war went from 1337 all the way to 1453 so it was longer than 100 years and then it was followed two years later by a war of the roses which was the factions of britain fighting each other that's basically where all of game of thrones is based off of and finally in 1508 you get henry the eighth that's he's the guy who sits on a pile of all of them after the war of the roses is done so that's where you finally get the lineage that most americans recognize
2: so a few. well and then then you know Not to mention Britain and France's proxy wars throughout the entire world two centuries after. Yeah.
0: The centuries after are marked by expansion and spread of colonies. So remember how I said the uh, Pax Romania, like the Roman peace? Well, the British decided to have a Pax Britannica, uh, the British peace. So basically they took from their Roman ancestors and decided to just conquer and put everything to the British way of life. And yeah, I don't need to go into all the details, but I guess you all can realize that colonialism had some, let's call them, negative effects on the locals. Now they were helped, or the world, yeah, they were helped by the East India Trading Company, which op- which opened up in the early 1600s.
2: Basically, that's why they're the villains in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah,
0: they took over. They helped get trade that
2: tea trading company. Oh, we'll get oh. to the tea.
0: We'll get to the tea. Uh, a few of those colonies. Um, us were a tad rebellious, but most were stuck with the British for a few hundred more years. Eventually, the Industrial Revolution kicked off. Eventually, there were massive – the World War One and World War II kicked in, and the fall of these colonial empires collapsed. The last major piece of colonial craziness that the British accomplished was when – The Middle East was conquered. They decided to break their treaty with the people of Saudi Arabia and split it up with nice, bold lines, which has led to many an international conflict. But in the 20th century, Britain, after World War II, they were some of – they have this identity. They have this culture that has impacted the world for – centuries at times in the roman empire they were considered the either the bane of their existence or the jewel of their empire they were considered some of the greatest conquerors to ever live on the planet but they were also considered some of the greatest caterers of the arts some of the greatest caterers of poetry of sciences do i even need to mention just all? Not
2: cooking hmm? just not cooking
0: not, hey hey if you've never tried i will stand up for yorkshire pudding and bangers and mash all day long i do not care Potatoes and meat are delicious, and they deserve to be recognized. No, they're not fancy, but they are delicious, and they will be loved and respected by me at the bare minimum on this channel. Anywho.
1: I do appreciate some of their dishes, yes.
0: Anywho, that goes over some of it. The reason I glazed over parts of some and left others out was because the Pokemon we're about to talk about reference a lot of these ages. Everything from the Roman period to the Industrial Age to all the money that led to certain – hobbies popping up
2: oh wait so you're telling me that things put into this game are
0: intentional yes yes they are
2: (laughs) you wait wait they have an entire r&d division that's based just on researching areas of the world i'm just
0: gonna go ahead and continue the episode (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and get to the Pokemon, and we're going to go down the list of Pokemon based on historical age where they cropped up. So um, let's talk about Phalanx.
1: I love him. Love him very much. He is a good boy. Also, No Retreat is one of my favorite animations of any move.
0: Yeah, Ned. It's just <laughs> fire and water and, like, you dare. It's you so dare. Sick.
1: Phalanx it's awesome. is good boys.
0: But – A lot of times people confuse them as like the Spartans because of the helmets and the shields, but they weren't
1: the only ones. Unlike the 100% accurate documentary 300.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with the shield – with the phalanx, they were some of the people who used it, but the Romans took it and elevated it to an art. The reason the Romans were able to spread the um, quote-unquote Roman peace – was because of the legions. The legions were groups of up to four to five thousand of the ancient world's most feared soldiers. Unlike the Spartans, who were literally eugenics, like Pokemon, where they're bred to be perfect, and if they weren't perfect, they were re- well,
1: sick IVs, though.
0: Yeah, sick. They pretty much bred for IVs. That's how it was back then. But the Romans. It took it to another direction. It took its citizens and offered them pay and training. And even as long as you could buy your own gear, you would actually be part of this amazing army. These were the world's first professional soldiers. These were the ones who were paid to kill. They weren't bred for it. They were just paid for it. And their training made them one of the most elite groups on the planet and phalanx is that connection to it so here at the next entry the six of them work together as one pokemon teamwork is also they always their battle strategy and they're constantly changing their formation as they fight
2: they're the adorable. legion
0: they were adorable but they're terrifying when you realize how organized they are the legions were scary not just because they were trained but that their training made them silent lethal and adaptable you used a whistle and cues, and everyone would just organize in different sets at a drop of a hat. No more screaming and yelling down a hill. It is literally just, all right, whistle three, this formation. Oh, you guys, that formation. Uh, there are some writings from that time period of when they were taking over, and the British would yell and scream and literally throw witches' curses at them, and they just stood silent like statues staring them down and the british were terrified of this like imagine screaming every horrible thing you can think of and they don't even acknowledge that you exist it's horrifying oh and basically anytime you charged at them it was equivalent of okay the best way i've heard it described you are running into a blender because they have the spears ready to go to stab you. Even if you make it past those spears, they have the swords to come get you. Even if you make it past the swords, you have to get through the shield. And if you can get through the shield, you get a guy. But then there's another guy right behind him, ready to take his place and whoop you. It was horrifying to go up against them. But yeah, yeah, the, go um, ahead, Don.
1: Sorry, the discipline. Yeah, the discipline of the re- of the legions was really a um, a huge hallmark for like Roman like battlefield effectiveness back in the day. I'm um, like, to give an example, like the average, like citizen army, like, even if you look at, like the Spartans, which are really like people think of them as like the pinnacle of like ancient warfare. Overrated. Um, just to be, yeah. And to just to be in formation and to have your whole formation change, like suddenly start facing 90 degrees from where you were originally was at the time, like the pinnacle of like military skill. Like the Spartans were just able to turn around better than other like of their contemporaries and that was like a huge what
2: time period would this be i can't remember the years
1: well that was more like hellenic greece this is a little bit later the the peak of the roman legions was like a few hundred years after the the peak of like the greek they took some of their ideas and modified them yeah i know
0: that yeah to me the best part though is the fact that this animal cannot reproduce it can't breed which is perfect the legions, for the first part, were not allowed to have wives or children. This was lifted later on in the end of the Roman period. But when you were part of the legion, you ain't got no other family. All these other dudes are your family. This is lit. This is all you got. You are, You are Rome. You represent them. The legions were so terrifying that they literally overthrew multiple empires. Like, several times. Like, they literally overthrew their own empire multiple times. It's crazy how dangerous these people were. And they got a cute little Pokemon for it.
1: Yay! It was also, like, a very coveted position. Like, to be a Legionary versus, like, to be a uh, like in the Auxiliary. Mm-hmm. If you were a Legionary, you were, like, a Roman citizen. So you had all sorts of goodies and rights and all that. So it was a very honorable position. When you when you retired, assuming you didn't die, you got a pension. Mm-hmm. It was, like, considered a very, very respectable thing to do and uh, people who weren't roman citizens but members of the roman empire would try very very hard to become a legionary because it came with a lot of perks
0: one of the um towns that was taken from the uh, local british and given to the romans was turned into a veteran city so that was one of the reasons why um one of the rebels at the time burned that city to the ground like there was some
1: oh that's the uh the warrior queen lady
0: right yeah she was yeah she she needed to yeah, she was stopped eventually, but I still, want to
2: see her become a Disney princess.
0: She was literally killed by the end of it, dude. Like, not great. So they'd have to like change the ending. Well, so and cool the beginning. Her whole story is like R rated craziness. But that, speaking of R rated craziness, we got to talk about the new Meowth. And I got to say, I normally don't like cats. This is my new favorite cat Pokemon. No one can take him away from me. I love what they did with Meowth. Meowth. His name persurker. is a wonderful name. Yeah, Berserker. He's based off the cats that were brought with the Vikings. For those of you listening, yes, the Vikings loved cats. There's still breeds of cats in Norway and Denmark that are still descendant from those Viking cats. So they kept the cats around because they keep away the pests in the fields, but they also keep the rats away on the boat. So you would just keep the cat on the boat and just have them deal with all the pests. And then once you land and start the Bloodletting screams and stealing everyone's stuff. You just let the cats do their thing. And so eventually these cats just settled here. And that's exactly what Meowth is. It talks about how its descendants came from raiders centuries ago. That is directly related. And when it evolves, turning into Berserker, for those who don't know what a Berserker is, it was – well – Roughly translates to bear skin, which were a type of Viking warriors that it's common in pop culture today. Uh, basically, when you fought them, some of the old te- some of the old texts say that they would. Uh, let's see here, go crazy and foam at the mouth, and some legends said they turned into bears to kill. They're people. Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, it was no, but was like like
2: literally, uh, it does tie in though. Um, we talked about mythos last episode. I know there is uh, mythos from that part of the world about humans turning into bears and i always figured it kind of tied into to this cultural conflict here
0: yeah it was tied to that now basically the though go crazy go insane thing and foam with the mouth like fight so savagely you thought he was a bear um they did wear bear skins there were actually different tribes that would wear different skins so there'd be uh boar there'd be boar there'd be bear deer the modern theory as to why they were so terrifying and lost their sanity and had pain tolerance is a combination of either drank a whole bunch of alcohol
1: and got super angry or <laughs> or like mushrooms, magic mushrooms. Let's be honest. Yeah, mushrooms with high amounts of psilocybin were accredited. There was also like um, quotes from the Europeans saying things like neither fire nor iron can, iron can harm them. Mm-hmm. Um, they t- There were talks about how uh, – Berserkers would bite their shields before the battle started, and they would attack like boulders and trees and kill each other while waiting for the battle to begin because they were so just like bloodless. They, were,
2: they were on shrooms, man.
1: <laughs> they, there was actually um, there was actually a set a chess set from the 12th century that was found on the Isle of Lewis in uh in Scotland, and it has a, one of the chess pieces is of a warrior biting his shield. That is
0: glad to see that 200 years after they all kind of left to their own thing, people still remembered. The Vikings ransacked Paris a lot.
1: There was also a Viking who um, – I'm talking about some Viking families. Um, his his name was Skalagrim, which just means ugly skull, and his grandfather's name was like Keveldov, which means night wolf, and they were berserkers apparently, and those are pretty metal names. I
0: wanted to point out one thing though with berserkers' design. <laughs> the whole Viking horns thing – Yes, that's what we contribute to it, but that only became popular around the 1870s, thanks to, I believe, some, some Germans spreading that around. But no, Vikings did not yeah. have horns on their helmets. Think about that from a battle. Was, uh,
2: it was about selling books the same way as Christopher Columbus. Same time period.
0: It's just about the idea of... A lot of operas, I think, were the ones who did it, but I yeah. have to check but on that. Books. books.
2: Books and selling things. Yeah, books, books.
1: Books and selling things. Mm, marketing. That, that's what that makes there's the world a, around. There's actually a really famous... Um, Incident with a Viking berserker at the Battle of the um, the Stamford Bridge, I think it was in like 1066. Um, basically, this one Viking berserker, it was like a pretty narrow bridge, and he just held the line against all of these British, or maybe not British, Anglo-Saxon, non-Viking, Anglo-Saxon, yeah, Anglo-Saxon troops, and he was just semi-unstoppable. So one get one a uh, enterprising individual got in a barrel or a small boat, depending on what you read, and floated down the river, and then stabbed up. Between the slats of the bridge, right uh, between the poor berserker's oh. legs, and that did make him take a knee, and then they were able to take. Oh, the that is
0: no, that is not. I'm going to the next one. We're going to the next one. So the only Pokemon that references Knight is Surfetched, and there's not too much to go into. We'll probably do them later, maybe in the biology one. But for now, I wanted to skip right to the industrial age because that's when you really start getting some of the coolest stuff to me, and that's where you start getting colossal. I like his design, I like where he's coming from, and coal is literally the fuel that changed the world.
1: How clean uh, is he though? I'm he <laughs> colossal. I,
2: you know, uh, uh, I'm. I you both know, I am running uh, two games because you know, two switches, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can play with both kids, and uh, the one game I'm playing using only things I own is Plush, which is so fun and yet limiting but the other mm-hmm. game i let our community help me find stuff and pick stuff and i have the uh the, what is the second form of Colossal?
1: i don't know it's ugly though
2: i love its ah. teeth i love oh, its it's got teeth. Th-
1: when oh, it when it smiles it's, it's so
2: cute
0: <laughs> ah why do we always forget middle evolutions because they're ugly no oh, hang on well they are
2: awkward teens i mean
0: <laughs> oh. keep talking i'm researching
2: no, but, like, literally, every time it smiles when I'm, when I'm camping, I'm like, oh, because its whole mouth is, like, on fire.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, like, something like a minecart or something like that, right? Yes. <laughs> anyway, raise your hand if you've been personally... Carcoal. Vict- Carcoal, that Carcoal, was it. yes. But raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Scarf Weavile Colossal.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> you guys oh, need to play God. more doubles. Yeah,
0: apparently. So... Again, like I was saying, this is. Dude, coal. I haven't even beat the game. <laughs> As I was saying, coal is. It's definitely not in the best light right now, but back in the day, before you realize how damaging it was to an ecosystem, coal was literally the fuel that changed well, the world. I mean,
2: we knew it was damaging to.
0: It damaged, it, but. It, it
2: because kept we knew we knew alive. We knew, yeah, but we also knew it was causing people to be sick. Like sci- yeah, scientists, like, scientists, scientists knew this in the industrial revolution. Like you saw like diseases, like just jump through the God roof.
0: But it wasn't like it was a new thing either. Coal had been used to work iron as far back as the Roman period, and it yeah. wasn't until the steam engine, the, the Newcomb steam engine in 1712, that it became the well, requirement for life. But
2: Yeah, but through the Industrial Revolution, as you saw the, the whole country industrialized, you saw like all these diseases just skyrocket. Like they, Yeah, but
1: we had all that handy child labor to clean the chimneys, so it was fine.
0: I think that's important <laughs> to recognize, yes, it caused damage, but... Think about it from a lot of these people. You can't always be cutting down wood. And one of the things that happened was people were able to get coal and it was cheap and it saved lives from keeping warm. Was it horrible for an ecosystem and a lot of people? Yes, that should never be forgotten. But it roly Coley's whole line is based on it being used to heat homes. And as it evolved, it seems to actually be getting hot hotter, and it tapers off at the Gigamax colossal, which burns at 3,600 degrees Fahrenheit, which is exactly how hot it burns normally in real life. That's as hot as
3: coral. So this one, can this burn. one's more, and- like
2: actually scientific, unlike Charizard.
0: <laughs>
3: Unlike yeah, it's McCargo like- who is hot as the surface. Yeah. McCargo is the sun. He's hotter than yeah, the it's sun. just the sun. <laughs> He's hotter. The sun with a shell. It's hotter than the sun with a shell. But
0: <laughs> I think that's just cool that they put this Pokemon in there because like it or want to hate it. like It's, it's it smiled so cute though. <laughs> yeah it's cute why didn't yeah no let's just have the coal industry today use a core call core call as like the logo that's the ma- mascot from now on like oh it's ugly but it's cute little smile use coal kill solar <laughs> don't actually do that don't solar wow. coal. yeah we don't need coal now conservation coal done. corner done with it. yeah concert anti-conservation <laughs> corner with lucas burn the world All
2: right, let's continue
0: <laughs> yeah so A long time – with the Industrial Revolution, um, there was actually – a little earlier, the British started acquiring a taste for tea. Uh, Much like potatoes were to a lot of places like Ireland, tea is not originally from these areas. It had to be brought in from somewhere else. In terms of potatoes, it was from South America, and for tea, you had to go to China. Now, the tea was first brought in by the Dutch and the Portuguese in the 1600s, and it was pretty much, like all new things, reserved for the wealthy. Only the rich people Just got it. Like Just like celery. Just like...
2: Celery at the same time, yeah.
0: Yeah, but as things the change... The plants ever, yeah. <laughs> it makes you get getting more connections. Yeah, no mustard. It, it eventually starts becoming a household staple, and China was the biggest supplier of tea, quite literally, and you're going to love this one, Matt, 10%. Of the government's budget was de- designated to getting tea from china
2: i mean like there's probably a good percent of our budget dedicated to things like golfing
3: but like that's in- Golfing's been on the decline i think actually oh
2: i said of our government's budget thank <laughs> oh, you though oh, But,
3: though. but oh, that's, that's the
0: thing though right. like this changed the world like tea is an incredibly important part to society and written like it's part of what caused the american revolution in a very small extent but it's also very important because they hated the tea it's also important to understand what the what poltergeist is living in so he's living in an old teapot and you guys probably saw that only some of them like 99 out of a hundred of these are real are fake And one of the percent of them is real, and that is based on Europe's obsession with porcelain. So porcelain being um, the material it is, China, as you do, kept it secret, but eventually the secret got out and people started trying to replicate. Um, scientist. There was a scientist.
2: I got this, I got this porcelain cup off a truck.
0: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. No, that stuff was like crazy. The British and everyone else in Europe tried making it, but it wasn't until uh, right around 1706 that a scientist and an alchemist teamed up. And I'm going to try and pronounce these names, and it's going to be bad. Von Chusenhaus and John Frederick Bodger. Von and John Frame Boker. Uh, Von being a okay. yeah, Von being a scientist. Johann, uh, Johann, that's it. Johann being an alchemist. So they got together and they were able to come up with a formula for porcelain for Europe. Wasn't quite the same. So like everything you're going to
2: counterfeit
0: yeah it was that's where you start getting the counterfeit teapots for polty guys these were the ones made in the area not the ones made by the actual expert so it's the same as like oh these beat headphones are great but these beat headphones from some from like thailand five and, below yeah they're <laughs> 6 bucks and they sound slightly the same so i'm going to get They're those. both a scam change my mind <laughs> yeah no i'm not going to argue <laughs> that and the reason i wanted to bring up polty guys was because it's Okay, it sounds weird when you don't know the history, but the British love of tea has changed well, geopolitics they to this took, day.
2: I mean they took, they took entire countries hostage.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. China ain't exactly the nice guy in history either. They literally saw, uh, they literally saw all this technology coming through, were offered it and said, no, we got it. You're all inferior barbarians. We're going to crush you with our swords and better ideas, and they were stomped on. They were stomped on not just because of British overwhelming power but because of their arrogance and assuming – and that arrogance led to things like the Opium War. It also led to what's known in China as the Century of Humiliation. So that's the century where China pretty much got kicked around by everybody, everywhere from the Boxing Rebellion, World War One, World War II, and it led eventually to the communist regime of China, led to the current geopolitical China situation we're at today, all because the British wanted tea – we're not a geopolitical podcast, but I still think, and we're
2: and they were putting opium all over China on purpose. Yeah,
0: because that was the only thing China wanted in exchange for tea, even though China banned opium. It was, a, it's so interesting to me that the geopolitics of just wanting a cup of tea can literally change the entire geopolitical climate of a. nation well, I mean, the look world. at look-
2: Look at look at, uh, look at Spain wanting spice, you know, led to Columbus. Yeah, it's
0: crazy how much that changes. It's, it's That's because
2: the whole area in the world, man, like I'll tell you, it's too far north. They don't get good spices. And yeah, no,
0: I, I mean, it's, again, it's tea, but Poltegeist is like a really cool idea for a Pokemon. Obviously, you need a tea Pokemon in a British game, but I, I still think it was a really cool idea. I love this Pokemon. I like, I like how it's also just like
3: Shell Smash the Pokemon. Yeah, pretty much. Don't make me get out of my teapot. <laughs> I have weak armor, and I also have Shell Smash. And I'm also just fast enough to be annoying if I get to Shell Smash. Bring it on. So I wanted to add this part in history because
0: when the Industrial Revolution kicked off, people got rich, and when people are rich, they get bored and they find hobbies. And one of the hobbies that the British found was paleontology. And so as we mentioned on Twitter and Facebook – we're going to talk about the Galarian Fossil Pokemon. But first, I decided, you know what? I I don't practice paleontology, but I got a best friend who does. And so I asked our friends um, Will and David from the Common Descent podcast, one of the best paleo podcasts around, in my opinion. And I checked around. They're actually known by a lot of people, which is good. They sent me um, They sent me a VHS tape of Jurassic Park 3, and on it, it's written, this movie was trash anyway, so uh, I'm just going to put this in here and... We'll see what they said.
4: Hello, David. Hi, Will. So we were asked, Lucas asked us, if we could weigh in a little bit, just give some of our thoughts on the fossil Pokemon of the Galar region and and what our first impressions were after having played through the game.
5: Yeah, well, we love fossils. Love them, love them. We love Pokemon. Love them, love them. I don't love the
4: Galar fossil Pokemon. No, which is such a, such a misfire for fossil Pokemon.
5: I don't dislike them as Pokemon. Yeah. But Pokemon are all, I love them as my children,
4: <laughs> but
5: like, like that they're cute. The designs are colorful, that the pieces are cool. Yeah. Like the, the each piece of the combinable Pokemon is kind of cool looking. The idea is goofy and weird, but it's not unusual to have a goofy weird concept for pokemon there are plenty of pokemon that just work in weird ways right so i think if they weren't fossils
4: my opinion would be
5: all right that's weird but fine
4: i I would have been like okay i guess and then have moved on to hang out with dragapult
5: i love fossil pokemon in previous generations because they've always there's artistic license
4: yes only that has to be but there they've there have always been a nod to real paleontology and really good nods like not just generic you know this one's a dinosaur no this one's specifically right and not even just the famous stuff yeah
5: there is an Anomalocaris pokemon and there's a crinoid pokemon one of
4: my favorite things about fossil pokemon up till now is that they were picking cool obscure and like even when they did dinosaurs they'll do a weirder one
5: yeah and they draw on real world paleontology stuff so like yeah. Arken and archaeops are clearly based on archaeopteryx yep but and while archaeopteryx is famously known as one of the earliest birds and a famous piece of the transition from non-bird dinosaurs to birds the pokedex entries for Arken and archaeops talk about them being hypothesized as the ancestor of bird pokemon and new to flight like they've they've always pulled straight from real paleontology
4: well the the previous ones always showed such a love for paleontology
5: even tyrantrum has a note about uh, there's something about how it's debated whether it had feathers or not yeah it's like that's an adorable thing to put it i love that that's that's so cool these are lacking. That These stuff. don't. I so I keep hearing the suggestion that what they're supposed to be is a nod to the early days of paleontology, mm-hmm. which took place in England. Yep, where people would make mistakes and and put the wrong fossils together, interpret things incorrectly. Yeah, I've seen a lot
4: of people using pit, Piltdown Man as their their smoking gun for, as an example.
5: Yeah, and I think that that is a totally cool thing to nod to. Yeah. I
4: love that idea
5: of, like, let's, you know, pay homage to these really early th-
4: ideas in paleontology. Yeah, kind of awkward, embarrassing history. Yeah, but you, they don't, they're not. Well, you, you didn't. Like, none of these, none of the mistakes shown here are mistakes that were made. No. And... They don't make any sense. Like, it's, there's it's, no logic behind the mistakes being made.
5: No, it it's, it's a mockery of the idea of paleontology. It's someone who, and I don't know who came up with the Pokemon, but what it feels like is a person was given the idea of make Pokemon based on paleontology mistakes, and instead of researching paleontology mistakes, of which there are many great stories. Yep. They just said, what if someone put the head of a fish on the tail of a dinosaur? What if there was a silly scientist that just was doing whatever they wanted? A careless scientist. Yep. And it, it's a shame. And it's not just that the mistakes are based on not real things, but even the individual pieces, like what they call a fossilized bird is not a bird. No. What they call a drake is not a drake because drakes don't exist. Yep. And what they call a dino is clearly an aquatic reptile.
4: Yeah. Which are not dinos. Yeah, only one body part is actually recognizable as something. Yeah. And you took Dunkelosteus and you made it into this stupid joke? <laughs> really? Like, this is the first time it feels like there's a disrespect to paleontology, and it's very disappointing. That's really what my my
5: sum up is. You didn't just not take inspiration from real world paleontology like you had before. It feels like the joke is on real-world paleontology. Yeah,
4: at its expense.
5: Yeah, it, that's that's really what it feels like. Is it's, ha ha ha. This is dumb. This is how the science is done in the world of Pokemon. Yeah, it's yeah. not a great representation. It's really disappointing. Like I said, if they weren't fossils. If
4: they were just some other type of Pokemon, I'd be like, all right, that's weird and fine. Yeah, you've made up robot Pokemon, so who like you can yeah. make up whatever you want. Garbage Pokemon, so like literally made out of garbage.
5: And if it was the
4: first time they'd ever done fossil Pokemon, I'd be like, well, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, but. oh, swing and a miss. Yeah. But we have such a good record. Yeah. Well. So, we're not fans.
5: <laughs> not, a, not a fan of the... Uh, what What we're saying is, Game Freak, if you're listening... We're open for consulting. We're not
4: angry, but we're disappointed.
5: (laughs) (laughs) The next time you want to come up with fossil Pokemon, feel free to reach out to us at the Common Descent Podcast. We will happily come up with ideas along with you. So we hope that helped, Lucas. (laughs) There you go. We really like Dreepy and Dracloak and Dragapult. Prehistoric ghost Pokemon.
0: That's awesome. Yes,
4: that was wonderful.
0: (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Well, I got to say, I agree with them. I do agree. With I them. do not. I, I. So, all right, let's get our I – mean, I'll tell you my statement on it, and then we'll each go around. I disagree. I agree with the fact that this is based on something of the idea that people would slap fossils together and then just ship them out to see if they could get fame and glory. And, but yes. I, I, but I think – It could have been done better. I think what could have fixed all of this, like the – okay, you've seen the memes of people taking poor Dracovich and like his nickname is kill me or get rid of me or shoot me. Like what could have fixed all of this to me is if they had had an actual scientist who was giving out the fossils. Like, oh, look, the the, the mad scientist, like slap them together. Then after the game, and like the battle tower, like wait. The scientist being like, wait. You listen to her, she's insane. Here, give me the fossils, I'll put them in the right order, and we'd actually have the right shape. We'd have the right gunculosis. Well, we'd have the but, right but, stegosaurus. Okay, all right.
2: Well, one comment to that though. Like we're still not sure, like we go back and forth continuously the paleontology community does, about about if if, if uh, brontosaurus is even a thing. Like, yes,
0: but to new me. New
2: information like- changes things. I I think the idea of it being complete makes it think like you know the scientific process is done where it's not. I, I think it's kind of cool that, that for once, in one of these games, we're in the middle of a scientific discovery and not the end result.
3: Don, what do you think? All right, so I like how they're referencing the period in, specifically in British paleontology when it was like first a big fad and everyone wanted to name a dinosaur after themselves. So people were just stapling things together and calling them dinosaurs. Um, and I kind of really like that I mean, random
2: things, things that clearly I, did not belong together. Hey, this grief. is from a plant.
3: Yeah. I mean, things that clearly didn't, but you'd be like, Hey, I know better. Cause I'm the paleontologist, which was well, we just invented. It, a year
2: ago. It, yeah. And it wasn't just like, it was a accreditation or scientific. A lot of it was, was about, as Lucas said, fame and money. Oh like yeah, it, you wanted, it wasn't like this was a scientific process, and I think that's what makes this hilarious, is that this clearly wasn't a scientific but I process. Agree. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, everyone, everyone wants to have um, everyone wants yes. to uh, they, themselves. They, well, not yeah. everyone, but yeah, well, and, that kind of yeah. So it's and the it's idea. Very,
2: well, the one thing I did I, I had a disagreement with is during the the segment there they were discussing it as mistakes, but I don't, you know, the, they weren't mistakes in the scientific community. These were intentional things, whether or not you believe. I, I, I think a mistake implies that there was not negligence.
0: Some of these were
2: like – Because gross gross negligence is not a mistake. That is intentional.
0: They, it's, to me, again, I think we know what time period – They
2: were market-driven choices, man. They were trying to I, make profit. I think
0: that it's important to understand that, yes, this is based on a time period. But I think, again, they could have done this in a better way. It, like those guys who we just – I don't know. Like – Okay, so one of the things they mentioned, like they mentioned that in the segment that they were, more, there were other famous examples of it. Uh, Piltdown Man, they referenced. Uh, that was actually very much British. A uh, 1912, Charles Dawson, he claimed he had the bones of the quote-unquote missing link from Man and Ape. And when he faked it, he spent like 40 – it took 40 years to debunk him.
2: Well, that – I mean they even make jokes about that in the Disney movie Up because that's the same time, to time me, period. To me, I just – like that's literally a joke in a yeah. Disney film. Like this is how big of a cultural I just thing wish this that was. They had had, it was a common. I wish practice. they had had
0: an actual scientist going. Hey, whoa, no, that's insane. No, we actually have a better research. But, but, but in Pokemon, but they write her as like a crazy person. They don't write her as a scientist. They write her like, "Hi, I'm just going to slap these together because I'm crazy."
2: But that's it's how not, it's done. Though. There's an entire uh, and I, process. I think, yes, it is. That's what Don and I are telling you. Though there wasn't a process. And even now, there's not a process. Well, I think, look at look at. Hold on hold, cool. on, hold on, hold on. Because hear me out. Because like, I, I I hear what everyone's saying. And as as the cultural guy, I want to say like, <laughs> that's fine. I just want to say though, like you know, um, there are dinosaurs today. What was the one that came out of um, out of uh, uh China just a few years oh, ago? The um, the raptor? The- Archiraptor, Archiraptor, yeah, they're yeah. a quote-unquote
0: missing Link in 1999.
2: Okay, but but that was only 20 years ago. And for us to act like we still aren't in the midst of scientific revision, I think that was the entire purpose here was two things. One is clearly to comment on, on market-driven choices. And if, if you don't see that out of the past three games where major villains –
0: are wealthy. I feel like that's kind of the CEOs. flavor of the week, though. How many? Have you ever watched kids' cartoons? A lot of them are yeah, just but that, but CEOs. But that's a point.
2: But that's the point. But that's the point. There, there's a reason for that, and this is a culture that that really is about reflection. We've talked about this culture, J- Japanese culture. While not perfect, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, uh, put it on a pedestal and pretend it's perfect. There are people who, who don't like these individualistic cultures because it drives for things like this where it's not scientists making these decisions. It's not, there's no wisdom involved in these
0: decisions. It's people trying to make money. I think money. the thing that really, oh Don, go ahead. You had a thing. Sorry.
3: I feel like it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Um, the Um Kind of like the situation, I guess, in terms of some percentage, even back then, of people like, I think everyone who's in anything kind of wants maybe a little bit of renown for the most part. Some people really don't care. Um, I think some only wa- cared about getting their name out there, so they didn't care if they, they were named throwing them, nine different fossils yeah, together. The
2: naming thing was the whole was the whole big thing
3: after themselves. And I, I think, and I think some of it was a mistake. Like there was some other, like you know, some revised skeletal things. Cause like some people that do that are anister are like amateurs. One thing I wanted to reference: there was a um a dinosaur discovered. I'm going to say that in a, I think it was 2004. Um, by three amateur paleontologists in Iowa. And uh, I think it was like a member of like the uh, Pachycephalosauridae, Mm -hmm. little Mm -hmm. head armor guy. Um, And they actually named it, because amateurs, they named it Dracorex Hogwartsia, which means the Dragon King of Hogwarts. Um, So I think some amount of it may be just like, Honestly, like paleontologists, paleontology as a field has always welcomed amateurs in terms of, yes, discovery. So it could be like, I think it's a combination of like amateurs trying to think they have a new thing and then like people that are actively trying to game the system for renown. So I think it's a little yes. bit of both.
0: I would
2: So agree.
3: we've gone through this like a lot. And again, I want to
0: thank Dave. I just, uh, I just, Dave I just with- want to say
2: though, like, I, I, I know they're f- like funky as heck, but mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that that it is so ridiculous that it's like almost making a point
3: that, that yeah, Dracovich is already r- ridiculous with strong jaw friend rend i don't want its full version
0: uh, look <laughs> i i i do have a dracovitch and it is i named him uh, adam based on the monster from frankenstein like he's he's my monster i don't like all the things that made him, but he is still my precious boy, and so help you God if you hurt him. Uh, I do want to give shout-out to the actual but, best fossil in the game, uh, Dragapult, though. Dragapult is the best fossil in the game. You could fight me on that one. So
2: he, the, only, the only other thing I have to say is there's a lot of people who are like, oh, these were game freak. They weren't really thinking about it. But like— They I, were. Everything in these games, we have proved or we have—, we have supplied enough evidence that like everything in these games is super intentional from the locations of landmarks to the inclusion of history to the inclusion of local mythos and local culture as well as even the architecture and the music everything is intentional in these games
0: yeah sorry this one went long but we were like really we had a debate on this one and i guess i don't know we're never gonna see i i know it but Again, we have our thoughts on it. We're all still good. Uh, if you guys want to hear more, uh, we might actually we might record a bit more of this for the um, for our patrons. So if you guys want to hear more of this, find us on Patreon, send us a couple bucks, and you Give can hear the, money us to yell get and scream things. Capitalism. Yeah, so we can get. <laughs> you want to hear us yell and
3: scream at each other more about fossils? You got it. But for now, let's wrap up the episode. I'll be really mean if. It gets us more money. I promise. Oh, please do give us money. I'll yell. I don't,
2: guys. Just thank you for people who've supported it so far. Don't, don't, don't do that, guys. I
3: I do. I know. I do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Don't do that, guys. (laughs) Thanks.
0: okay that was fun <laughs> I, I i got to binge history we got to talk about tea Oh good stuff again thank you guys so much and a special shout out to the common descent podcast they took the time to record this they actually recorded an entire ep- bonus episode to their normal paleontology stuff about fossil pokemon you should definitely check it out because it's always interesting to hear what the experts say and believe me they are die hard pokemon fans they're not competitive like we are but they they love the game so Again, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you sat through all of this. Again, this, we can't we can't do this without you guys. I check the reviews every day, and I see new ones on iTunes, and it makes thank you guys. Seriously, though,
2: you guys leaving reviews, you guys sharing us on Facebook, you guys telling friends like it makes a big deal. It's 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 been a fun ride, and I'm happy to see you guys keep supporting us. It's
0: kind of awesome. It,
1: it's the it's the best. Yeah, for real. Thank you guys. Uh, it, it means a lot.
0: So yeah. uh, next episodes, we're going to go more into Galler. We'll do either biology or culture. We'll, go, we'll, we'll pick something else really cool about it. We'll just probably rock, paper, scissors for it. But either way, we hope you join us next time for our next episode. You know where to find us. You got our email, pokescience at yahoo.com, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. Thank you so much for coming. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace. Adios.
2: Bye.